0: This is Faith Revisited. Welcome
1: to the podcast.
0: I'm Ben. I'm the senior pastor at Historic Trinity Church in downtown Savannah. I'm passionate about following Jesus, loving my family, enjoying all sports involving a ball, and a constant pursuit to find the perfect bottle of bourbon.
1: And I'm Molly, a Methodist from the West Coast, but after moving to Savannah a few years ago, I found a home in Trinity and a friend of Ben's. My greatest joy in life is simply sitting on the front porch with my husband, my crazy dog, and a great bottle of red wine.
0: On Faith Revisited, we'll talk about our own church as we're constantly trying to adapt to an ever-changing world as a downtown historic church.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to this episode of Faith Revisited. We're very excited to talk to you today about um, how do you be a good member? How do you show up at your church?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Before we get started, I want to ask for forgiveness or uh, your mercy. I'm playing a little hurt today. Uh, Summer cold came on me overnight. Yes, (laughs) yes. I'm on the uh, not quite on injured reserve, but uh, getting there. Summer cold has uh, has come on me a little bit. Uh, So if you hear me, my voice is nasally, or if you hear my giant water cup um, sloshing around as I'm trying to not cough into the mic, uh, that's what's going on today.
1: But the wonderful thing is Ben is going on vacation.
0: Yes, so I can go be sick on vacation. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, give that to your family. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Blessings on you. (laughs) Nothing
0: says I love you like here's my cold.
1: Here's my sickness while we're at the beach house. That's right. Yeah. Um, But we're going to talk about um, some items that you can think about to be a good member. And then in turn, um, Ben's going to give a point of view from a pastor. Yeah. So I'm going to start out first with, I think, the most important thing that immediately came to mind was pray for the leadership in your church and really just be very intentional about that. Um, whether you do prayer through journal, through daily meditations, however it is kind of keep them right near the top of your list and top of mind, because it's a very hard job being in leadership anywhere and at a church and you have a lot of people depending on you. So I think praying for them is always important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. um, from a clergy perspective i mean absolutely please pray for us um but i would even say for a good church member just pray if you make that part of your daily discipline i mean for us as leaders but just in general um you will do wonders in your local church if you are a person grounded in prayer
1: and also with yourself with your mindset um with your attitude prayer does all of that
0: yeah it it puts you in a great perspective
1: so yeah so how to be a good member and a good person there we go um number two i'm just gonna go out and put it out there is to tithe um that is something that keeps the life of the church running and i'm not going to save it to be last on the list and stereotypical but make sure you tithe really um make that a priority and that's something that's an obligation
0: as well. Yeah, and I think it's important too to note for clergy that we have to be very careful not ask you to give for the sake of like our paychecks and the ministries and our organization to function, although your giving helps with that. Giving is a spiritual act. It's an act of discipleship. It's something that you do because you are grateful to God and you acknowledge that God first gave you everything you have. And so in return, in response to God's grace, that gift, you give back to God. But you do it through the local church.
1: Yeah, and I've also been noticing, which is really neat, some businesses that I follow, I'm recognizing that they're tithing as well in certain ways or with foundations or giving back to their community. Um, A lot of businesses I've started to follow, I've noticed that's their habit and they talk about it as well. So I think that's really neat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I think that cuts both ways. I think that's a good thing that all people should be about. And truthfully, it plays very well to clients and customers that you are a generous organization. And so I'm glad people are figuring out that generosity really is a good virtue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Number three on this list, I have show up. Just be there with your presence. Um, Fill the pews, be at the meetings, um, do your part, and just be there for the pastor, for your community. Show up.
0: Yeah. Physical presence means a lot. Um, people tend to show uh, what they care about in life uh, one of two, if not both ways. And it's with your pocketbook and it's with your feet. And people uh, can say a lot by where they show up in life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another one that kind of ties with that is if you make a commitment, follow through. And this is just a general life lesson, but I think in churches as well as businesses, um, in life, with your community. If you make a commitment, follow through. Show up. Be there if you're going to say you're going to be there. Um, the meeting can't go on if half the people don't show up.
0: It's an old-fashioned thing to, to say, you know, you're a person of your word, but it's very few people are actual people of their word anymore. Correct. And I think uh, in dealing with others, you know, which is something I do on a full-time basis, I, I am just astonished at how refreshing it is when people keep their word, um, and it motivates me to keep my word better because yeah. I'm not perfect either. Even in leadership, we, you know, it's easy to slack off. It's easy to get lazy um, to to put other things first. But to say you're going to do something and then to do it um, speaks volumes about who you are.
1: And if you can't commit to everything, don't make that commitment. It's not. No one's going to fault you if. You're can't give everything, you know, do your part, do what you can. You don't have to commit 100% um, if you know that's not something you're going to be able to. And it also depends on season of life. Oh, where yeah. you're
0: at. and self yeah, self awareness is key. Hundred percent. Understanding yeah. <laughs> who you are, where you are, um, your emotional energy level, what, what where the meter is hitting in your emotional energy, um, and if it's running on E, you know, you need to be self aware enough to yeah to to kind of pull back from there and um, just recognize a season of rest is needed.
1: Yeah, we all need that season of rest. Uh, and also, I have find a way to use your God given talents. I think this is a great Thing that you can contribute to your church community, your church membership, if you can find something that you have strength in and you're strong at and really use that to further maybe the mission of the church that kind of thing, that's you can't ask for more than that.
0: Yeah, and it, you know, it's funny because too many churches, I think, are fixed on what they think that they can do, and and so they're not always receptive of someone with a new idea. But if that new idea is grounded and rooted in who God made them to be, and you know, I mean, who would turn away someone who feels inspired to share a gift in a new way? Um, so yeah, if members, you know, feel compelled and courageous enough to share that, then leadership really ought to. Uh, at least receive it and hear it and direct it in a good healthy way.
1: Yeah one of the examples we've given previously is one of the members of our church who started the Band of Mothers group. That's a God-given talent that she felt the need to share and that's a great way. Another God-given talent um, and I want to thank Ben for this. He is on this crazy podcast journey with me. I came up with this idea. I'm finding out more and more in life. I love being an entertainer. I love entertaining people, and this is kind of what we're doing in this avenue. Um, And the fact that he was like, well, let's try it and see what happens. And I really want to thank our listeners. We have received some great feedback. We're seeing what we're talking about in action in churches around the country, which is phenomenal and so exciting.
0: Yeah, it's it's funny who all ends up listening, and I'll be honest, I, I very begrudgingly said I would try this with you. Yes. I really had to get over myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like to entertain people too, but not in this yeah. format, and I was scared to death. Um, so thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone, because I really wasn't sure what this was going to be about.
1: But it's been a lot of fun, and it's a different medium, um, rather than just... Being behind a computer and writing a blog post is an exciting way to get out there. And I really do, again, want to thank everyone who listens because it's really fun for us. And we're really glad that you can take something out of it. Hopefully take something out of it. Yeah,
0: absolutely. At least get a conversation started where you are.
1: So that's my list of how to be a good member.
0: Yeah, so how to be a good church member from a, a, a pastor's perspective. Just some immediate things that come to mind. Care about your pastor on a personal level. I, they are. There's more to who they are than the church. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean,
1: they don't wear a robe all the time. Yeah, like no, yeah. only on
0: Halloween. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I mean, they, they just, you know, and, I, and I'm a workaholic, and too much of me sometimes is spent with church. But um, none of us are defined by the work we do. Mm-hmm. That's a big part of who we are. But it's Correct. not. It's not our essence. And so caring about your pastor on a personal level, beyond what you see on Sundays, who they are, how they feel, um, where their stresses are. You know, if you haven't taken your pastor out to lunch recently, offer to do that and just listen. Um, this is like a woe is me comment, but but, but <laughs> it, it would surprise people how isolating this job can be. Yeah. Partly because you carry with you information that nobody else is supposed to have. Yeah. Yeah. And because you're 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 entrusted with that, and you're a steward of that sacred trust, um, you naturally isolate yourself uh, in particular ways. So you can't fully be open with. And that's hard. And so just to just to crack the window a little bit into your pastor's life, just to tell them that, that it's okay to poke their head out every now and then and, and just to be real and take off the mask, uh, it's, it's just tremendous. So, yeah, care about your pastor.
1: So a good suggestion you made was offer to take them out for lunch. Just yeah. have some time or a cup of coffee, something like that. I also want to throw in there, um, write your pastor a note. Yeah. Like say thank you um, and stick it in the mail or slide it under the door, however it is. That will probably go so far. In how they're feeling that week and feeling valued, and we definitely want our and it'd be and be
0: encouraging. A lot of us pastors walk around with a lot of insecurities, um, and you don't realize how much it means when someone says something besides the standard "oh, nice sermon," you know, yeah. Like, like "yeah, yeah okay, <laughs> well, good job, yeah, good <laughs> like, job today." Like okay, okay. I mean, in. thank you yeah. for saying that, yeah. but 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 you know, if, if if you even the next day just set yourself a reminder to shoot him a text that, you know, I like this part of the sermon. I don't care that you wrote that yesterday and you've already forgotten by Monday. Just the fact that you acknowledge that you remember it on Monday. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, what that means. I had lunch today with one of our church members who talked about yesterday's sermon. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my God, he remembers. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'll talk about something that stood out for me in yesterday's sermon because it is a Monday that we're recording is I love when you talked about how love grows arms and legs and takes action. And that was such a vivid picture in my mind. And it has stayed with me. And that was something that. I'm glad I can point out now.
0: Well, good, good. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to know that stuff lands. Um, at, when we're functioning at our healthiest, pastors really want to be a guide to help you live into the life of faith that God made you for. And so to know that progress is being made yeah, um, makes us feel like we're <laughs> you're, you're we're doing what reason. we're called to do. And we're yeah. called to do this. We're called to help you grow. So that's a good thing. Um, so yeah, care about them on a personal level. Encourage your pastor. Um, another way to be a good member is to... Find ways to lead and not just do. There's a difference between a leader and a doer, and there's nothing wrong with a doer, but more and more pastors need leaders. Mm -hmm. Leaders are people who can help other people do things. Yeah. Doers are fine, but I still have to micromanage a group of yeah. doers. But if you emerge like you have as a leader who I can say, Molly, I really want X, Y, and Z, I can trust that Molly is going to recruit eight people to go do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So if you, as you feel called and you grow in your faith and service, um, find ways to ask if you have to, your pastor, how can I be not just a doer, you know, in a busybody or busy bee mm-hmm. or whatever, like how can I? Lead Mm -hmm. Because it would be great and be really healthy for pastors to not micromanage everything. (laughs) We're not good at giving that up. But if you can encourage your pastor to do that, be a leader uh, and not just a doer. Uh, One that I would extend the the life of prayer and care, really, um, is not just for your pastor, but their family. Because they're the un- Unsung heroes. Yeah. The unsung heroes is a a good way to put it. Um, It means a lot as a pastor in each church I go into to know that that church will write a specific part of my children's spiritual DNA.
1: Yeah.
0: And pastors need to be grateful for that. And church members need to know that it is a sacred trust, that you we're depending on you to be our community, to be our village that it takes to raise children. And so mm-hmm. care about their family. Care about your pastor's spouse. By yeah. the way, a lot of pastor spouses do one of two things. They are either working full-time in their own vocation yeah. and honor that. Ask them about their vocation, yeah. not just about their church involvement, yeah. but about their vocation. Or they are a full-time possibly stay-at-home parent. Yeah. Ask them about the mundane, you know, take the kids to Chick-fil-A, you can't get them to cooperate, it's been a long week kind of stuff. Don't just ask your pastor's spouse about church involvement. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, work on their identity is not tied to the church, just exactly. as the pastor's isn't either in the end. I mean, the pastor is still a human being, even though you think they're there all yeah. the time. Um, and you also do live above the church. So I do. that's another, you're tied to your vocation, but um, that's a good, the separation, that getting to know them as a person, getting to know their family as people, you know, having that relationship and just asking how things
0: are going. Well, and, and pastors, when they are healthy, should treat their spouse as another involved church member, meaning that that, <clears throat> that that spouse has God-given gifts, that they are called to ministry, mm-hmm. that they are supposed to be involved, but just, as, just like anyone else in the church. Correct. Where it gets unhealthy is when either the pastor or the church expects the spouse to yeah. function on some higher level mm-hmm. or as some two-for-one pastoral yeah. situation where we're going to pay one of you, yeah. but I expect the spouse to be Correct. equally involved. That is so dysfunctional and unhealthy, and it leads to really unhealthy um, home lives for for pastors and so pastor if you're living that dynamic you need to find out if your spouse how okay they are with it and you might need to correct some of that and church members if you're have those expectations about the pastor's spouse and Fix evaluating the them somehow yeah. you need to adjust those expectations yeah. now if you're 100%. not paying them.
1: and it's probably not something you think about <laughs> no um and so that's really good that to get that out oh yeah
0: there. so care about the spouse and the family is um is a big one i would also throw in another way you can be a Good church member, have the courage to say no. Oh. Too many church members, and it comes from a Sense of a little bit of codependency. You like to be asked by the pastor to do things. You like to feel important. Feels honored. You feel privilege. But if you are so strung out, if you are so tired, if you are resenting going to church, I've known volunteers who are like, it's hard for me to even come to worship because I'm so stressed out about this. Please have the courage to say no.
1: And that's a very healthy thing to learn as a human and to yeah. enact in your life and so especially in the church where you <clears throat> want to give so much of yourself you want sure. to do all that you can that's a really healthy
0: boundary to and, have. And, and it's really easy for pastors to take you not meaning to, but to take you for granted, to assume you'll always do whatever it is. And that's laziness on our leadership, because we really should be offering for you to say no. One of the things that I try to do every year when I go to leadership is I like to say, are you happy in your job? Would you like to quit? Please tell me no if you yeah. would, and I will line someone up to take it. Yeah. But it may be that I need to do the hard work of finding a new leader, or I need to do the really hard work of saying, well, maybe this ministry just needs to take a break for a while. Yeah. But please, church members, be your best version of yourself by having the courage to tell pastors no. We need to hear a no sometimes. uh, And you can help us hear that better. Yeah. So I wanted to offer a quick bonus uh, before we go. um, And and forgive me because I'm going to kind of take a couple steps right up on my soapbox here. (laughs) But we've talked about what church, being a good church member is all about. We've talked about expectations on church members. I don't think it's fair that we just do that end of it. I think we, I should offer some expectations you should have of your pastor.
1: Oh, so the pastors aren't getting off the hook this time. No, No, pastors, if you're listening,
0: get out a pen and paper and this is (laughs) this is not an exhaustive list but this is just and i'm gonna rattle these off the top of my head um and in no particular order but church members these are some basic expectations that i hope you'll have and hear these in the healthiest way possible knowing that if your pastor's not there yet you need to find ways to discern and to lovingly help them grow help them grow that's what i was gonna say number one pastors work hard I know too many pastors that find ways out of work, and we have a very flexible schedule Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. It is very easy for many of us to not be present in the office or not be present visiting, to spend chunks of time not working. There's some weeks that that is merited, but I contend more times than not a sense of laziness can set into us as leaders. Okay. Church members, you deserve a pastor who works hard. They need to work hard. Your members, pastors, are paying literally your salary. You owe them your very best effort. You owe God your very best effort. And if you're ordained, you took vows before God to give your best effort. Work. Hard.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a line between burnout and working hard to grow. I mean, that's the only way that you can get out of a slump you're in or in the status quo is you work hard to get over that. You're trying new things. You're experimenting. You're maybe going in a different direction. But that's a great way. If you feel like you're in a slump and nothing's working right, well, kind of take a look at yourself. Is yep. there something you could be doing different? Could yep. you put more effort? And in? that
0: and that's a great that's a great segue into another expectation that uh, church members should have of their pastors. Pastors, you need to grow in your sense of emotional health and self awareness. If you do not see a therapist, you need to start seeing one. If not a therapist, a coach, a mentor, mm-hmm. someone who can be real with you and tell you how it is with you and with your soul and what they're seeing in you and have the courage to tell you that that you're not doing well right now and you need to grow and do better. And you need to be reading things like... You know, emotional, I think it's emotional. Well, one that I love that I'm actually going to do a sermon series on first of the year, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. This is a phenomenal series for anybody. But pastors, start with you. Read Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. But ways that you can be spiritual and emotionally healthy all at once. Because what emotional health will do for you is it will help you be self-aware to say, "Uh Uh-oh, I'm experiencing burnout. The early signs of burnout are coming. Yeah. Because early signs of burnout are not nervous breakdowns Correct. or I can't get out of bed in the morning. You yes. know what some of the early signs are? Maybe I'm lacking in creativity. Maybe I'm just feeling a little creatively fatigued. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, I, my sermons are, are flat. They're yeah. stale. Um, I, I, same old sound. I'm getting yeah. edgy with people too easily. That's mm-hmm. some early signs of burnout that, that if you're emotionally healthy and self-aware, you can see it. Feel it, sense it, and say, like a hot stove, say, uh-oh, got too close. Yeah. Let's back up and, and reset here. So, yeah, if you're not reading on emotional health, do it. If you're not seeing someone or have a relationship with someone who can help you grow in that, be accountability partner, do that. That's a really big And
1: I think with self-awareness, that changes in phases of life always. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to always be aware of what's going on with you and in different situations how you react to that or how you could react better. So... I think that's hugely important, self-awareness.
0: Yeah, I think another one um, that's really important that the church members should expect of their pastors is be a lifelong learner. Hmm. I mean, we mentioned reading on emotional health, but you need to be yep. reading on everything. Um, a friend of mine uh, who's a, a mentor in ministry said, one way you can tell where a pastor stopped growing is go look at their bookshelf and the copyright date on most of their books. That's when they stopped reading. Yeah. Pastors need to be continually growing. If your church currently does not uh, fund for you to go to a conference a year, uh, talk with them about that. I mean, Mm -hmm. money could be tight, I understand that. But church members, here's one way you could love your pastor. There could be a $300 conference that's driving distance, and maybe it's $100 uh, a night to, to do lodging. $500. Get one or two church members together yeah. and say, we love our pastor enough to say, you better go to that conference. We want you to grow. What a gift. Be a lifelong learner, though. Pastors, don't be lazy in your work. Don't be lazy in your learning, because that you're only going to grow as a leader if you're growing as a person.
1: Yeah, and what do you think, you know— There's never a finish line, necessarily. You're always growing. You're always trying to hit that next achievement. Is there certain things that, you know, it's...
0: I don't know where I'm going with this now. Um, I'm Methodist. We are always <laughs> moving on toward perfection. There we go.
1: And so you don't want to be stale. You no. don't want to. You always want to be growing. And it doesn't matter if your church has 50 people in it or thousands. I mean, there are always things you could be doing and growing towards.
0: Yeah, and and that's part of that um, working hard is, and and if you need to cultivate this, if you're not naturally wired this way, I think I'm a little too wired this way. You are, yeah. But, (laughs) But if you're not naturally wired this way, um... You need to have a competitive edge. And I don't mean competition with the church down the street. I mean competition in-house. How can we grow as a church this year? How can I grow as a leader this year? Set benchmarks. Set goals. Meet those goals. Bust those goals wide open, right? Um, We do this. I mean, in my office right now, you can see a giant whiteboard that has goals for this year that we're checking off the list. We have a leadership retreat every January where we set goals for the year and form task forces around them, and we're going to march toward those goals. Um, And I do think, and this is probably a whole podcast unto itself, um, you do need to have numbers that, that you can measure, but you don't measure numbers for the sake of measuring numbers. You measure numbers so they can indicate the greater goal that's there. Yeah. So... For example, we measure average worship attendance here. Well, you say, well, that's about butts and seats and all that kind of stuff. Well, it could be if we let that be our main goal. But our main goal is, we believe we are offering a unique message of the love of Jesus Christ that is open to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about this our first core values task force yeah. meeting. If it's open to all people, then we need to be measuring. Uh, how how close we're getting to reaching all yeah. and if we hadn't reached everybody then we still got people to reach yep. and so we measure average worship attendance to say how close are we getting to all yep. now you're never going to reach all necessarily Correct. but the pursuit of it um, is a good thing so yeah I, I, I think that's a really uh, important one having a competitive edge having a hunger to grow wherever you are I don't care if you have 30 people on Sundays or 15 people uh, I know of a church down um about 45 minutes away they were worshiping 12 people they're worshiping 45 people a week now that's incredible
1: and even more so if you're in a logistical small town and maybe there's not that many uh, not a big pool um go and set goals for your members like have them do something <coughs> new in the community or a project or you know really instill that life in
0: your membership if you're in a small town and you're a pastor and, and you know the reality is the 35 people coming to church are the only 35 people who are going to come to your church that's fine have could you get 35 um, homes or local businesses to know that you're the pastor in that yeah. community or to know who you are because then your impact is reaching beyond your walls so that's another one probably another expectation that church members should have of their pastors um, that kind of goes hand in hand care about your community yeah Don't just be walled up in your church.
1: That's a great one to end on because your community is so much the lifeblood of the church. And you need to be an active member in that community. You need to be going to events, meeting people, putting yourself out there. Ben just started going to 5 a.m. cycling classes. Maybe that was once or twice, but still, that's a great way to just, you know, get to know some early risers and see who those dedicated people are in your community.
0: Yeah, a mentor of mine once uh, gave me this pro tip, and this is for your current church members or people who visit your church or just strangers in general. Um, But he said, you know, my church members come to see me at my job every Sunday. I owe it to them to go visit them on their job at some point or another. So he would just randomly show up at your work and just tell you how glad he was to see you, chit-chat with you, but to make you feel special, he'd end up meeting other coworkers, chatting them up, and all of a sudden, wow, your pastor really cares about you and the community and all this other stuff. And it's just get out of the church for a while. Go care about the community yeah. that you're in. Love your community.
1: I love that. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Again, if you'd love, we would love if you could review us on iTunes. That would be very helpful. We'll also- we are also on the Google Play Store, and we are also now on Spotify. Spotify. Very exciting for Spotify. So um, subscribe anywhere you listen. Um, we'll be posting on social media a little bit more as well, spreading the good news. Um, and we hope you all have a wonderful week.